Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. The following is rated MA. Some people may find it offensive. It contains language, adult themes and immature content, as well as fart jokes. There will be lots of fart jokes. Listener discretion is advised. You've been warned. This is the Weekly Watch. Thanks for joining us in the next half hour or so. We'll hear from five superstars and a WTF story in sport that's almost impossible to believe. A quick thanks to everyone that's left a rating and review on the podcast on whatever app they're listening on. It really helps us spread the word. So thanks, legends. If you haven't yet, we'd love one. And we're bribing you too. The best weekly review gets an Andy Raymond unfiltered trucker's hat sent to them. We've given away 80 hats already. There's a heap more to come. This week's winner, he'll be announced later in the potty. Thanks to our awesome sponsors, Griffin Air Conditioning and Galaxy Finance, both the very best in the business. Their details are on our website at andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. Check them out, legends, and tell them we sent you for a VIP treatment. Again, another week of interviews. If you're following us on social media, you'll have seen we've been road tripping and have interviews with Neil Henry, John Cartwright, Scotty Sattler and Kevin Campion for absolute champions of the game. We've also chatted with Jaden Braley, Adrian Vowles, Brett White, Connolly Lemuelu, Big Jamin Lowe, Tyrone May, Matty Bowen, David Ferner, Pat Richards, Adam Dewey, Corey Waddell, and that is all in the past week. It's been massive. Chris Flannery is a former Premiership winner with the Roosters and Challenge Cup winner with St Helens. He represented Queensland 10 times too and was unlucky not to have worn the green and gold of his country. Here's a little bit of what to expect next week on the Legend Series with Chris Flannery. Your middle name's not Dale by any chance, is it? <laughs> it's not Dale, but yeah, if you ask Brian Fletcher, it probably is. But yeah, How was... many years did you cop rent kill jokes? Mate, I copped them. I think you might have been commentating in my first uh, NRL game, which was in 1999, and um, yeah, rent kill sort of came out then, and uh, yeah, it sort of stuck for a while, then it moved to Dale, I think, through either Brian, Brian Fletcher or, or Nat Wood, and yeah, I was called Dale for quite a, a while, obviously after the infamous hitman Christopher Dale Flannery, but still get called Dale today by quite a few mates, and yeah, it still it still floats around from time to time. For those not familiar, there was an infamous standover man named Christopher Dale Flannery in the 80s underworld in Sydney. He was a feature in Underbelly. He amazingly disappeared in May of 85. He hasn't been seen since, but word is, if you look into the water on the city side of the Harbour Bridge, Right underneath the southern pier, you may see his reflection. That is speculation, of course. We've got that out of the way. If you haven't yet, do yourself a favour and get stuck into Laurie Daly, champion, gentleman. At the end of 91, uh, because we had to release a lot of players, you know, the likes of Brent Todd, um, the likes of Glenn Lazarus, the likes of 
um, Wayne Collins, uh, David Barnhill, Nigel Gaffey's, all these guys that were very good players and played first grade, they had to leave. And the club had made a decision that they were going to sign uh, a, couple of, a couple of players and then try and build the club around that. Um, and that was probably the only time in my career I thought, oh, shit, you know, this might be um, – we might have uh, enough money here. A couple of us might have to move on. Um, yeah. because traders have to work to the salary cap and, um, you know, they might not have enough to, to, to pay around what they think they're worth. Um, so with everyone being off contract, then you're allowed to go and talk to other clubs. So, again, I was speaking to the Dragons and, and um, the Magpies at the time um, and, and probably that was the closest I came to uh, leaving Canberra, um, you know, after speaking to the Dragons and, and, and West. Um, I certainly considered both their offers. Um, but in the end, that emotional attachment to the club that I had um, was too strong a bond with some of the players that were there and we wanted to continue to, to try and build success. And um, we were able to come out the other side of it um, and then go on and, and be successful after that. But it did take 12 months. We're going to start doing what we're calling a six-pack of superstars every couple of weeks. Let's be honest, who doesn't love a six-pack? This is about selecting your best six. It might be best six in a position, best six all time, best six teams, best six drinkers, best six sorts. Who knows what we'll come up with? I'll give my views too, and I'll give away one now. Laurie Daly, a certainty to be in my top six players of all time, and the other five may actually surprise you. This is the Weekly Watch on Andy Raymond Unfiltered, and it's Feature interview time. One of the things I hated seeing weekly was the injuries in the game, seeing the pain on the face close up. I know the players are paid well, etc., etc., but no one deserves to get hurt badly, and a lot of the injuries have been hard to take for me over the years. One such injury was last year. Watching this little fella at Leichhardt Oval in round number two, Jaden Braley suffered an ACL injury that required a full knee reconstruction. He's dropped on in. How's the knee now, mate? Hey, Andy. Um, yeah, it's going good. Um, I started pre-season last week, so um, I'm pretty much doing uh, 95% of um, all the training, which is really good. So, um, you know, I've, I've began contact and, um, yeah, I'm pretty much doing everything, so... Just really enjoying it and just really relieved um, that, that I'm back. You're nervous at all on it? Because it's often said the battle to recover from an ACL and a, a RICO is probably more mental than physical. Definitely. Um, and I sort of knew that from the start. I knew that, um, that like me, I know myself and that I'd now my rehab and all the physical things. I knew that I'd be real professional and really diligent with that side of things, but being away from the game and, um, yeah, I knew that was going to be my biggest um, challenge mentally and I'm lucky I've got some good people around me that, that looked after me and, and picked me up because it's a bloody roller coaster. And, yeah. Um, but, yeah, as I said, I'm just, just so relieved to be out, out on the other side and, um, yeah, footy's not too far away. You actually stayed on the field and played the entire game when you injured yourself. Did you actually make the injury worse or you're not really sure? Nah, they said they said I couldn't have made it any worse. Um, so when I did, when I got the scan, um, I didn't I didn't think it was going to be that bad because yeah. I had a couple of doctors 
look at it at half time because it happened just before half time yeah. and they thought it was PCL um, okay. and they shut it up and I was happy to keep playing. Didn't honestly wasn't too wasn't too bad and I've always got a fear of coming off injured and and and, and the injury not being too bad and yeah. you know I could have been playing yeah so I went back out there and I kept buckling throughout the second half. Um, I could remember feeling a buckle a, a few times and but I still didn't think it was that bad. I, I was driving to the to the to get my scan the next day and I, we had sharks that week and I was like oh I said I might be a bit touch and go a bit of rehab and I'll be sweet. Um, so yeah, I just got blindsided by it to be honest and I was lucky it was it just turned out to be a clean ACL tear so there was no MCL strain or medial yeah. so. I just could just focus on my ACL and, and get straight into surgery. So that, that was a positive like, in a way. Mate, did you do it just passing? Is that what it was or just an awkward movement on your knee or was there a, a specific incident? Yeah, it was a specific incident. It was a um, it was about five minutes before half time, and I'd probably do a 50-year game where yeah. I just get the ball out of dummy half, take it, we call it a two-step, yep. and I gauge the marker and I offload and that's what I did and um, – I think it was I think it was Billy Walters. You know, there was nothing in it. Like yeah. he just hit me at, at the perfect time, at the perfect angle, and um, yeah, you know, it was the perfect storm. And he, he hit me as as my knee was fully extended, and as I was rotating at, at the same time, and it just yeah, just ruptured it. So um, yeah, there was nothing in it really. There was really nothing in it at all. And it's funny those ones. That's how you see how these things happen with the ACLs. Yeah. Mate, the irony there is both you and Billy ended up having ACLs and, and out for the season. It happened in just your second game for the new club. How heartbreaking or, or frustrating was it or did it just piss you off? Yeah, I was pissed off, um, especially because I had a lot of high hopes um, yeah. coming here this season. You know, I was a new face coming into a new team and I wanted to make an immediate impact and, um, you know, make the team better. And... I felt like the, my preseason was probably my best preseason yet. Um, you know, probably leaving Sharks, I sort of did a lot of um, looking in the mirror and yep. probably asking questions. You know, why it could have happened, and I looked at my game a fair bit, and and, and I spoke to Adam, and we spoke about how I can be a better player and what, yep. what I can bring to the Knights football team, and that's what I was looking forward to bring. Yeah. Um, but you know, it wasn't meant to be, and um, I, I was able to do a lot of things away from the game this year that I've. I feel like I've progressed yep. and, um, yeah, I've made, I feel like I've made the most of uh, 2020 for what it was. It began a hooker's curse at the club. First you, then Andrew McCulloch, Connor Watson. And I actually reckon I'm forgetting someone else. All same position, all down with significant injuries. It was weird. Yeah, very strange. And even in the past, I think uh, Slade Griffin as well. Um, there you go, yeah. Yes, Roy Jason with his throat. So there's just been plenty of hard... Honestly, I, I, I hate – I can't talk about it. It's just, it's just – I, I don't really – yeah, I don't, I don't sort of believe in in uh, sort of conspiracies and things yeah. like that. I just think it's outright bad luck. Yeah. Um, you know, I sort of try to look at it in a way um, as a really special jersey, if anything, with obviously Danny Badiris being a legend, legend of the club. You know, that's, yeah. that's how I look at it. And um, sort of responsibility wearing that jersey that I've got to – play tough, play some good football and just be professional. So um, I'm lucky that he's involved in the club as well. Yeah, really good way to look at it, really mature and professional way to look at it. Mate, uh, you get the chance early 21 to try and legally bash your brother. 
Gee, there's some appeal to that. Yeah, there is. <laughs> well, should have been in round three this year, but yeah. it wasn't meant to be, but I've been waiting for it. Um, yeah, it's going to be pretty interesting, actually. Like, I've always played with Blake, yeah. um, whether it be school footy, under 20s, a um, little bit of first grade yeah. in 2019. Um, but it's going to be weird playing against him. It was weird watching him uh, this year, yeah. and uh, I had to cope against him in, in a way. I said. Let him let the team in on a couple of these little tricks, but yeah, there's going to definitely be plenty of sledging and um, going after one another uh, once that ball's kicked off. Looking forward to playing your mates at the Sharks in general. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like it's always good to catch up with those boys, and um, obviously, there's no no bad blood, no bad blood there. There's was, was, uh, lots of good memories back yep. at Sharks, and a lot of really good mates uh, of mine still to the day. You know, so um, yeah, it's going to be going to be different but um yeah i'm looking forward to it thanks for dropping in mate let's chat again soon cheers thanks mate oh what the oh yeah it's what that time here's a beauty have you heard of chess boxing no i'm not taking the piss chess boxing it's a hybrid sport that combines two traditional pastimes chess and boxing The competitors compete in alternating rounds of chess and then, yes, boxing. It combines the number one thinking sport with the number one fighting sport into a merger sport that they claim demands the most of its competitors, both mentally and physically. It's split into weight categories and has both male and female competitors. The object is to either beat your opponent by checkmate at the table or knock them out in the ring. The match starts with a four-minute round of chess. The players then go into the ring for three-minute rounds of boxing before again returning to the board. The match consists of 11 rounds in all. Six rounds chess, five rounds boxing with one-minute intervals in between. Each player has boxing gloves which are removed for the chess round. Duh. They have a world-governing body and yes... There is chess boxing in Australia too, but it's more popular in Germany, India and Russia. Italian Sergio Levesque is the current world champion and officials are actually proposing the sport for Olympic inclusion in the future. Want to know what's coming up on the podcast? Well, stalk us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at The Andy Raymond. Share the love and share the posts. The off-season is where the brutal training happens, and even though it's been a different and difficult year and a late year this year, the lads are well and truly back into it. Adam Dewey from the West Tigers has dropped in. Mate, how intense, just how full-on is a week of off-season training? Uh, yeah, it's, it's obviously right up there, um, especially on the match. <laughs> he, loves, he loves his time of the season, and... Um, yeah, I guess when you're not um, being as successful as you were the, the year before, it's obviously a bit tougher for you and you want to push yourself a bit more. So, um, yeah, it's obviously been tough and challenging. Um, you usually, Tuesday is, Tuesday is our uh, biggest day. We have a wrestle session in the morning and then yep. um, a field session on the field and a few meetings in the day and gym in the afternoon. So that's our that's our biggest day. And um, I guess all the days are, are pretty big on the field and um, they finish off with Fridays getting, getting flogged on the field and then, I guess if you're a bit overweight or if you need a bit of extra extra work, you're coming on the Saturdays. And luckily enough, I'm not in that group, and I just get flogged Monday to, Monday to Friday. Oh fuck! I'd be training Saturday <laughs> and Sunday if I was there. 
Uh. Mate, does Madge do any training with you? Because some coaches still like to rip in and, and just let a little bit out. No, nah, Mad- Madge is done before we even get there. I think he's up training at almost you know four thirty five in the morning. So wow. um, he gets in the gym gym early and throws some tin around and jumps on the bike and roll and he yeah, stashes himself. But you can see that's that's what the bloke sort of bloke he is. He likes to train hard and he wants us to train hard. So um, yeah, no, but we don't see him running on the field or chucking on any plays. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the best trainer at the club? Who's the guy everyone's got to catch? Um, I guess go, going off last year, um, you know, a player like like Harry Grant, the way he just yep. came into our team and you know was almost leading the the team in fitness. You know, him and Josh Reynolds are always and Jacob Little always at the front of the the fitness drills and um, the way Harry, you can see the way he plays and the way he played in that Origin series, he just throws, in, throws himself everywhere and um, it's exactly the way he trains and um, he's a pretty special kid and he's probably one of the hardest trainers and you know even someone like Alex Twow, the way yep. Um, he goes about his business. His, you know, his, his diet's uh, all healthy, and um, yeah, lifts big in the gym, and always putting extras on the field. And um, that's why I guess why Madge loves him and why we need him in the club. Alex Twile, although still only a very young front rower, he's just a guy that gets it, as in gets the whole professionalism thing. And I think in years to come, Alex Twile's going to end up a very elite front rower. Yeah, I think you know it there in saying he's professionalism yep. um, he's, he's the best best at our club by by length the way he wow. um, goes about yeah goes about his business the you know as I've said his diet if, if you saw the stuff he eats you'd, you'd honestly think well, like how's this bloke so big um, he doesn't eat any not one bit of bad food or one bad drink in his body and um, he's always recovering and looking into different methods of how to recover and um, yeah training hard so yeah he's a special talent and yeah, he's going to grow Every club to be successful and for everyone to get on needs different characters to get through the pre-season to keep it going. Let's run through some different personality traits. Try and figure out which teammate fits the personality trait. Who's the one that's always serious? Uh, Alex Twell, easy one. Alex Twell. Okay. <laughs> Who's the plain annoying one? Yeah, the plain annoying one. Oh, Josh Reynolds have to be up there. Him and, him and Moses and boy out there. Josh Reynolds, I just had some type of feeling he'd be up there. Is Josh Reynolds also the class clown? Oh, definitely, hundred percent. That's the easiest question you could ask. You could ask. <laughs> Who's the one that's always complaining? We're training too hard. It's too hot. It's too long. Uh, probably BJ Leilua. He doesn't. He doesn't like uh, doing the fitness blocks or <laughs> doing extra. Extra lifts in the gym, so if, I'd have to say BJ. If BJ could go from the last round straight into trial football, he would. Who's the one Correct. that is just so competitive they've got to be first in everything? Uh, gee, I like to think I'm, I'm competitive, but um, in terms of teammate, gee, I guess all footy players are, are pretty competitive, yeah. but gee, who's the most competitive? Oh, I guess... It's in our Lebanese blood. I guess me and Alex Turl, we're pretty competitive boys. <laughs> I guess you could say. Oh, good man. You put your hand up and admitted guilt there. Thanks for your time, mate. Have a great Christmas. No, no worries. Cheers, mate. Thanks for having me. You're listening to Andy Raymond Unfiltered. Want to be part of the team? We have both corporate and private sponsorship packages available. You set the terms. Check out the website at andyraymondunfiltered.com.au or send an email to Terry, that's with an I, at andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. 
You've fired up the barbie. You've stacked the esky. Who do you invite and why? This is dinner date. Table for eight. And from the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs with the chef's apron on, Corey Waddell. Eight seats. It's a pretty big dinner party and I'm... um... Um, it's a hard one, you know, to pick the eight, eight people. I've got some sports stars I think that I'd pick. Yeah. I think I'd go Mike Tyson um, oh. just for the stories, Dennis Rodman, Michael Jordan, um, Tiger Woods. I think that them four sportsmen, you know, I've sort of always fancied them and, yeah. you know, they have some great stories, especially Dennis Rodman, you know. He knows how to party pretty hard. Bingo. And then I'd also chuck in... Dan Bilzerian, <laughs> just because I follow him on Instagram. He seems like a madman. Yeah. Um, and then um, some artists, I'd go Drake, Shakira, and 50 Cent, <laughs> just because they're awesome. I think that dinner party would be pretty hectic. It would be very hectic, and it is massively over <laughs> the salary cap, isn't it? Isn't there some bucks there? <laughs> Oh, if I had to choose, that's who I'd be. That's who would be there. What do you like on the barbecue, mate? Oh, don't go too bad. I've actually um, just moved to Maroubra and we got a barbecue up on the rooftop. So me and my roommate have been cooking some snags up up there, which is pretty good. Is that your go-to? You're a steak and sausage type of guy or do you get all gourmet on us? Nah, mate, just the steak and sausages, I think. I need some more dinner ideas if you got any. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I really know how to cook on the barbie. Dropping in, a fella who played 127 games for the Melbourne Storm, 69 for the Canberra Raiders, as well as eight origins and three test matches. Brett White, in a decorated career, mate, is there one game that stands out above all others? Hey, Andy, um, mate, I'm not sure if there's one game that stands out. Probably, yeah, you always remember your debut. Um, that's always a special one. Um, yeah, look, there's not, not really one one that stands out over the others. It's funny. Um, you know, something I look back on my career, I forget a lot of the games. I don't know whether, you know, um, mate, that's something, you know, like uh, when you get into high performance and that, yep. um, you know, I've learned a lot that, you know, you, you sort of tend to not remember a lot of lot of moments of, of playing and whatnot. So, yeah. I, um, mate, looking back on it, there's probably um, – yeah, you know, a couple of special games there, but not one one in particular. Your debut round one, two thousand five for Melbourne. What do you recall of that day? Oh, pretty special, pretty um, pretty emotional. I, I was late debuting. I was about twenty three, so yep. um, yeah, I'd gone through plenty of time there where um, you know, I didn't think it was going to happen, and uh, it was a long journey to get there. Um, so it was yeah, you know, a lot of hard work had paid off. Um, you know, just a special special time for um, for my family um, yeah. and everyone involved that you know, it helped me along the along the way to get there. Looking back, pretty decent group of youngsters growing up as footballers with Melbourne and in and around that time, wasn't there? Very special group. Um, you know, especially as we grew together uh, down there. You know, you look at at one stage. You know the. The, the side that we had, you know, I'd, I'd play the ball and Cameron Smith would pick it up, Cooper, go to Cooper Cronk, out to Greg Inglis, um, Billy Slater out the back and then on to Israel Folau, you know. It's, um, 
pretty special. That was just on the you know, the cusp of those guys just coming into first grade or, or just starting to make their mark on the on the game. And um, you know, to see what those guys have gone on and done further in their career is um, you know, it's pretty special. That you know, for a while they got to play with all those um, all those names at, at the one time. I've got it on good authority, mate, that actually before Israel and Cooper moved into the position, you were the original member of the Melbourne Big Four. You're going to claim it? <laughs> there's, there's plenty of people that try and claim that. Uh, I know Ryan Hoffman's been been trying to get it for years. Yeah, uh, yeah been a part of part of that. But mate, I, I, if I um, yeah, I, I was happy if I could get a, get a quick play the ball and then yeah, stand up and and watch them do their thing. That was uh, that was good enough for me. Mate, that's a front rower's dream, isn't it? You guys do the ugly stuff. You do the hard stuff. But to have backs and finishers like that, it makes your job so much more satisfying. Yeah, it was, it was like a um, you know, front row seats getting to um, be out there close to the action, watching those guys um, go around and, and do their thing. It was um, you know, really special, you know, special time and, yeah. and special to look back. And like I said, to, to now see what they've, you know, how special the players they were. Mate, you're part of the Melbourne squad that won the GF in 0709, but were later stripped. Not here to debate it. That's a chat for another time and another podcast. But does the pain or the bad memories ever actually leave you all these years later? The shit taste in your mouth? Nah, that, mate. Just as you, um, just as you think you, yeah, you overcome it or whatever. Um, yeah, you know, I, I know. Even just this week, that it's come up again. That um, yeah, you know, the Mel- Melbourne are going to um, contest the, you know, the ruling or whatever, and um, yeah, you know, it brings all those emotions up. And um, yeah, you know, I know, I know, you know, mental health's a big thing, and everyone goes through their tough times and that. Um, I'm yeah, I'm not afraid to say I've, I've struggled with it at times. Mm. Um, yeah, you know, I remember. It's funny. I remember listening to um, Smithy's Cam Smith's. Uh, podcast with Matty Johns and um, they were getting to that stage talking, yeah, where Cameron was talking around about the salary cap um, scandal. And um, yeah, I, I thought, oh, I'm okay. I'm, I'm yeah, I'm going to be able to get through this and listen to it. And uh, I got halfway through when he was talking about it and just, yeah, melt, meltdown, yeah, yeah. absolutely um, broke up. So, mate, it, it's definitely, you know, to answer your question there, it, it, it certainly does um, still have a big effect and, um, yeah, I, I totally understand it. Yeah. What's going on and yeah, I'm not trying to debate the, yeah. Um, what's going on. I know the club done the wrong thing, but, um, yeah, it certainly does hurt. In that 09 grand final, your front row partner was Aidan Tolman. The old bloke's still going. He's a survivor, isn't he? Yeah. It's funny. You look back, he was only a kid back then. Yeah. Um, I don't think he, he, he doesn't uh, in looks wise, he doesn't look like any different. You know, I, I don't know whether that's a rap or a, you know, he, <laughs> at 19, he looked like a, a 30 year old, but, um, you know, he, he's just one of those guys that, you know, he, he's still, still getting about and still getting the job done. Um, you know, he's a terrific bloke too. Yeah. Um, so it hasn't, hasn't, hasn't changed one bit. And that's what you love about these young guys that, yeah. you know, when you, you knew them when they come in and then see them at the end of their careers and, and they haven't changed. Yeah, at all they're still good down down to earth people, and uh, that's the one thing about footy and uh, footy clubs and footy players that you know people like that you really enjoy uh, spending your time with. 
Mate, what prompted the move to Canberra in 2011? Was it getting back closer to home, shitloads of cash, or just needed a change of scenery? Uh, it was, was, certainly wasn't cash, mate. It was just a, a, a bit of a toilet. But, um, mate, I, I had a couple of offers. I had an offer. Um, Madge was over at Wigan. Um, I think the Warriors and, and Canberra. And, um, mate, it, it is, you know, I grew up not far from here. Um, so being being in Canberra is sort of close to our families. Um, the, the actual lifestyle was a thing for me, mate. Yeah, um, yeah I've... I've Got a property. I got um, a little property half an hour out of out of Canberra, out of um, centre of Canberra, and to be able to bring my kids up on a on a little property and and still you know being able to play a role in you know a footy club like that yep. near a major city, um, that was a real drawing card for me. So you know, lucky enough to have a little place here where you know we've got horses and the kids have got motorbikes and um, you know, have that country living, which um, you know, being a country boy, it, it, you know, it was so important for me. Tough couple of years for the Raiders when you got there. What are your memories of your time in green? Uh, mate, it, it certainly was. It, it was when I first arrived here. Um, yeah, the the club's always been a, a strong club in regards to, you know, at the top, the the board, the, the um, you know, the clubs that own, the Raiders club that own it, the commercial, yeah. they've always been strong. But uh, when I arrived, the, you know, the playing group wasn't strong. Um, you know, I, I think they hadn't gone uh, back-to-back in the final since 2003. Mm-hmm. Um, and I arrived, arrived there 2011. Um, you know, I think my first day at the club, uh, Joel Monaghan's story broke. Oh. Um, yeah, so it was a bit of a, a rough start. Yeah, um, you know, especially coming from you know, Melbourne that was so highly professional coming into Canberra. Uh, but it, it's been a, a really good uh, journey and um, learning along the way to, you know, to get to where the club is now and watch that growth. It's um, – it's it's been fantastic. Yeah, you know, they, they certainly turned. Um, Ricky's really turned the organisation around the uh, the the locker room around, and that's where the, the issues were at. Um, to to what we have yeah you know, now today, which is um you know, a strong locker group locker room. You retired at thirty one, maybe thirty two years of age. Was it the right time, or did you go a year or two early? No, no, it was, it was certainly right right time. I um. Yeah, you know, through those uh, first few years I was here at the club, um, yeah, you know, the, the hard years and, and I really struggled. Um, and then the body started to struggle a bit. Yep. Um, Ricky come in, in in 2014 and sort of got, um, I got a real um, shot in the arm of energy, boost of energy and, and really enjoyed playing the football um, that year. I probably wanted to go around again, but, um, you know, seen the writing on the wall and yeah. uh, Ricky sat down and offered me a full-time coaching role to go into that. Um, and yeah, I, I took it up. Yeah. I, I thought I'd much rather stay here at the club. I could see um, where he was wanting to go with the club. I could see his direction and see uh, what, how he wanted to turn things around. And I could really buy into that easily. So uh, it was the best, best decision I, I made and yeah, still being here and still got a role in the club. And um yeah, being involved, like I said, watching the club turn around um, to to what it is today has been a been a wonderful journey to to yeah to be along along for the ride and, and watch how it's all done. Want to win an unfiltered trucker's hat? Go to Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening and subscribe to the podcast. 
Then simply give us a five-star rating and review. Write whatever you want. We don't care. It's the stars that matter. Funniest weekly review wins the prize. Simple. And this week's Unfiltered Truckers hat winner for best review is... Craig Carey. I had to cover that bald melon for you, mate. With the reviews, try and get our attention. Tell us your favourite team of all time. Write down your favourite burger or the worst punter you know. It doesn't matter. Leave the five stars and write something, anything. That'll do us. Hey, here's a little tip. It's Thursday, December 3, and the NRL teams are back into training, but not all the players are back just yet. Expect the next three weeks leading into Christmas to be absolute madness with player transfers, swaps, cuts, signings and more. It's about to get interesting and I reckon every club will be involved in some way. Have a great week, legends, and don't forget to back Pikey in the last. Willie, 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 we love you, Willie.